1: This is the Action Network podcast. It's on target, and it is good. Wow! All right, here we go. From the ten, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch! They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown!
0: You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my
1: God, that's incredible!
0: <laughs> Big bank, small bank. I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kabosh
1: want to bet and we are underway
0: what's up everybody and welcome to the action network podcast i am your host chris raybon this is our last pod leading up to the 2022 nfl draft and i am proud to introduce our guest for today he is the director of content at fantasy pros and betting pros he's a four-time top 16 fantasy football ranker and most importantly for this show, the number three mock drafter since 2019, Matthew Friedman. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt F. The Oracle. Matt, glad to have you back, man. What's up? Yeah, thanks for having
1: me. It's uh, it's been a minute. By the way, is Sean Corner too important to jump onto the podcast to, to make it a trio? Like, what's going on? Why isn't Sean here? When I looked in the outline, saw that he wasn't going to be on the show, I decided, no, I am not going to wear my Action Network hoodie. I would have done that (laughs) otherwise to, you know, spin back the clock, have some good vibes. But no, no corner, no Action Network hoodie.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the thing was, like, Sean Corner didn't want to do it. Sean Kerner, on the other hand, I think he's still recovering. I had a little birthday celebration this weekend, and uh, he came out. So I think he's still I think he still might be recovering from that, so I'm just gonna I, I'm taking the reins, you know. Look to Over me, he place.
1: will he will always be corner.
0: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna listen back to this, and uh, this is probably gonna be some some smoke thrown on Twitter. So everybody, look out for that, and uh, we'll get right to it. Matt, uh, you have a lot of mocks out already. You do that. You kind of update. You've been updating um, with kind of new versions throughout the off season. So uh, before we jump into like you know, how we think round one is going to play out, our best bets. Uh, I just want to get kind of your general overview for how you approach round one. I know your approach kind of changes as it uh, gets closer and closer to the actual draft.
1: Yeah, so in the early mocks, you know, you're kind of filling your way into the process and you're thinking about, you know, team fit and things like that. And, you know, you're kind of trying to get a, a sense of the board, but really it's just you're going through the exercise, but as you get closer, I think people tend to focus too much on team need and don't focus enough on what is this guy's odds to be in round one. And I need to make sure somehow that he's in round one of my mock if I really think he's going to get there. And so, you know, I have one more mock that I'm I'm going to do. That's the final one. Comes out on uh, you know Thursday morning that's going to be the one where it's just like, okay, these are my 32. I need to figure out how to make them fit, you know, instead of
0: necessarily thinking about team needs. And I guess a follow-up question to that is, because I know you love to uh, bet the draft. That's why we're here. Um, You mentioned that kind of as you're mocking these things, the odds are kind of influencing, you know, your mock. So how are you kind of juggling, you know, incorporating the odds into what you already think, but also, exploiting the odds to make uh, profitable picks.
1: Yeah, for the most part, I'm not paying too much attention to the, the market. Uh, I'm looking more at what I think of as the sharp mock drafters. And so you know, throughout the season, the off season, I'll have just like a rolling index of sharp mocks that I'm uh, bringing together, surveying, aggregating and using that to help drive some of the decisions that I'm making, whether it's you know where I want to put a guy in a mock draft, how it is that I have like my wide receivers stacked or bets that I might look to make in the market. Uh, I do look at the market, uh, you know kind of consult it a little bit, but really I'm focused much more on what I think sharp mock drafters are doing versus what the market is telling
0: me. Absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. All right. Let's 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 start talking about the draft and let's start at the top with the number one pick. Uh, you know, in very recently, it seems like Trayvon Walker has kind of jumped Aiden Hutchinson as that consensus number one pick. Uh, where are you on who is going to kind of lead us off with that number one overall pick in this year's draft?
1: Yeah. Trayvon Walker is the guy that I'm going with. And you know, I've, I've kind of vacillated back and forth between them, but in the first mock that I did at Fantasy Pros is the one right after that big first wave of free agency. I had Walker as the number one guy. And the, the main reason why I did it was because I thought that Walker was probably the second likeliest guy to go number one. But I just wanted to take a stand because everyone at that point, like 90% of mock drafts had Aiden Hutchinson going number one. And it was just like probabilistically, that is way too high. Like, you know, maybe at the point he had a 50% chance, a 60% chance. But, I mean, I just wanted to put someone else – other than Aiden Hutchinson, number one, because there was way too much groupthink going on at the time. So, uh, you know, I had Travon Walker in my first mock. You know, I went to Hutchinson, back to Travon Walker now, uh, and you see that reflected in the betting markets, and you're starting to see it uh, in a lot of the sharp mocks in the industry. Now, at this point, it's about half and half, Hutchinson and Walker. I expect by uh, tomorrow or, you know, Thursday, when we have more mock drafts coming out, you'll see more picks uh, for Walker. So uh, I'm there with Walker, number one. I don't know if it's necessarily the right pick, like what the Jags should be doing, but I think that is what they will do.
0: Yeah, and that's all that's important for, you know, as you're approaching this from a betting angle. It's, you kind of got to suspend what you think these teams could do. And we talk about this all the time, you know, a lot of times they go against what you think they should do um, or, or, you know, as an analyst, but yeah, Um, You know, looking at the odds here, Walker uh, at DraftKings, for example, is around minus 190. That seems to be the consensus. It's minus 160 a couple of days ago. Um, Is that too far past your limit or what's your limit if you are looking to bet uh, this number one pick and, and, and and go with Walker? I wouldn't bet
1: it at this point, you know, around minus 190, minus 200. I think that's probably around fair value. If anything, at this point, I would maybe start to look at Hutchinson or Ikemiquanu, Um, because I do think that there is a chance that they go offensive tackle. Not a great chance. Uh, Balky is the guy, the general manager, Trent Balky, is the guy who ultimately, I think, controls what happens with that pick. And you know the reporting is that he does prefer Trevon Walker. But if the coaching staff is able to get in his ear and convince them, hey, we want an offensive tackle, we want someone who can help protect our starting quarterback, then I think it's Akema Kwanu. All
0: right, so what about the, you know, the kind of rest of the top five? You already mentioned Kwanu and Hutchinson, but just generally, you know, based on what you're currently, your current mock, where do you, how do you see the rest of the top five playing out? And what bets do you see that maybe um, do show value based on, on that top five and how you see it playing out? So
1: there are pivot points all throughout the top 10. And we'll just say, you know,
0: Aiden Hutchinson, mortal lock to go number two, I think, if he's there. So for number two, Hutchinson is the favorite at minus 200. And uh, Aquanu is plus 10,000 for the number two <laughs> pick. So that that's interesting. So like you, you're kind of alluding to it though, you know, Hutchinson, number two, that's kind of, a you know, like he's not likely to drop past there um Aquanu is then plus 390 uh to go you know number three Stingley is actually the leader interestingly enough at at plus 330 so um there are some interesting numbers and and I think some ways to kind of take advantage of that
1: yeah so I would not be betting on Hutchinson at number two at those odds like I think it's very likely but minus 200 I'm just I'm not going to go there um for the number three pick I think this is really where the draft starts kind of like what we had last year with the draft starting at number three. Is it Mac Jones? Is it Trey Lance? I think mm-hmm. the draft starts here and you could see them going with the Houston Texans at number three, a number of directions. I think it's likeliest they go offensive tackle. I really think it's a coin flip between a and Evan Neal. I think there's also the chance that they go cornerback and I prefer Ahmad Sauce Gardner as the uh, you know the leader in the clubhouse a house among all the cornerbacks, but uh, Derek Stingley has also seen some pretty serious heat recently as a guy who could go number three. So, out of those four right now, I'm on Evan Neal. That's what I have reflected in my mock, and I will probably still be on Evan Neal in my final mock. I think uh, you know a way of betting this is not so much looking at the number three pick, but betting on the first offensive tackle to be drafted uh, or first offensive lineman to be drafted. Uh, If you look at the market right now, Akim Akwaneu is the favorite. I think it's a a coin toss between Evan Neal, whether it's at the number three pick, the number five pick with the Giants, uh, Icky versus Evan Neal. Really, you see that, I think, in terms of their evaluations. You see it in the mock drafts. It's straight up a coin flip between those two. And I mean, across the market, to get anywhere from plus 150 to plus 200 odds on Evan Neal to be the first offensive lineman drafted, I think there's significant value there.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, first offensive lineman drafted also likely to be the first uh, offensive player drafted. Yeah. Um, so Neil is also plus 350 to be the first offensive player drafted. And then, you know, even, you know, I, I know you said you're trying to go for a little kind of more sure thing, but for number three draft pick, Neil is plus, uh, you know, he's 10 to one. So, I, you know, I actually like the value on that. You know, you're not going to throw a whole, you know, you're not going to bet the house on it. But I think those are pretty good odds compared to Quanu, who's at plus 350 for that number three pick uh, with I a like bunch that. of other guys mixed in.
1: I like that. 10 to one, Evan Neal, Yeah. I would, I would bet that. In fact, when we're done with this, I'm going to go bet it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's good. Great value. All right. Uh, And then kind of rounding out that top five, is it, you know, is is it kind of those same guys in that, in that discussion? I know the giants are sitting there at fifth. We know they need a tackle, Um, but I guess for the jets, it it gets interesting because they're sitting there at number four. They also have the 10th pick and They pretty much have a lot of needs, right? Like, you know, they need a receiver. They need edge. They need corner. I mean, God, God, do they need a corner. So what do you see the Jets doing at number four? And how is that going to kind of influence, you know, how things play out uh, later uh, later down the board in the first round?
1: Yeah, so, you know, as you mentioned, the Jets have picks four and ten. I am very much on Kayvon Thibodeau as an option there for the Jets at number four. Like, he could have gone number one if some things had broken just a little bit differently in the evaluation process, maybe a different team controls that pick, he could go number one. Uh, and so to get someone like him likely to fall down to number four, or who has a reasonable chance of falling to number four, I think that's fantastic value, like a great outcome for the Jets. Uh, and I think ultimately it will be either uh, an edge rusher, likely to Thibodeau or a wide receiver at number four, I lean towards edge rusher pretty strongly. Uh, and then at number 10, I think they address wide receiver, whether that's Garrett Wilson, who you know could be the first wide receiver off the board at that point, or it's Jamison Williams or uh, even Drake London. I think any of those three guys could be the first wide receiver taken and could be the wide receiver who goes to the Jets at number 10. But that is the way that I am leaning right now, breaking those two picks between edge rusher
0: and wide receiver. You think, uh, so I'm looking at just, you know, odds for number four. Thibodeau is the favorite, but it's plus 175. So um, are those two are those odds too short? Or do you think yeah. there's value on that? Too I, short? I,
1: think, I think those odds are too short.
0: Got it. All right. Uh, then number five, we have the Giants. Uh, thoughts on what they're going to do? I think a lot of people think they're going to take, you know, which of, whichever of those uh, tackles, you know, is not taken by the Texans. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, they have picks five and seven, and you're basically, uh, you know, locking them in across a lot of mock drafts for an offensive tackle and a cornerback. Uh, The interesting thing is the order in which they take them there, I think, might be a chance, depending on what the Texans do at number three, of course, but there might really be a chance that they go with Sauce Gardner at number five uh, or whatever cornerback uh, is left. Let's say Stingley goes number three. They take Sauce at number five uh, and then let the, the uh, Panthers kind of have their shot at whatever offensive tackle is available there and then take the remaining guy because they know, at least in my opinion, like, and this, this is reported across the league. The Panthers are looking to trade down, right? They are looking to trade out of the number six pick. And one of the few players in this draft that teams might be tempted to trade up for would be Sauce Gardner if he's available at number six. And so even though you just kind of look at this and you think, okay, they take the, uh, the offensive tackle, they let the cornerback go because they know that uh, you know the Panthers, if they stay there, they're going to be taking offensive tackle. I think there actually is some risk in doing that because uh, you know you're going to have two offensive tackles available To you, If you don't take one at number five, if you're the Giants, you take your cornerback, lock him in, and then you take whatever uh, offensive tackle is left to you. And in a worst case scenario, it seems that the Giants are pretty high on Charles Cross. If, uh, let's say, the Texans take um, an offensive tackle at number three and the Panthers take an offensive tackle at number six, the Giants can still get Charles Cross at number seven. So I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, that in my final mock, I will have offensive tackle and cornerback, but I'm not exactly sure right now, the order in
0: which I will have those going. Just want to let you guys know that Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine, it's a game-changing product, unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick their over or under. For example, number of points in basketball, or amount of hits in baseball. Then you choose the amount of money you wanna enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to over 20 times the money that you put in. Uh, And the main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Make sure to use promo code ACTION and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper, use promo code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, when you deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right. So you mentioned the Panthers and trading down. So this is something I do want to spend a lot of time on. I think there are a lot of interesting angles that we can get from this. And I think it's, it's really the thing that can shake up the draft and because it's going to happen, if it does happen within, you know, the next couple of days, um, it's probably going to leave some value somewhere on the board, you know, for us betting. So, you know, what are your views on, you know, what the Panthers are going to do and how does that affect the quarterback market in the first round in general? Because, I know you know you've always pointed this out, and I I tend to agree wholeheartedly that the one thing mock drafters tend to do uh, is overrate the quarterbacks. Like you see, and then the market kind of follows along, where you see you know the quarterbacks pick over under a little too high. Um, You see a number of quarterbacks taken in the first round a little too high. So you know the Panthers looking to trade down. I guess first of all, is that just a signal that this? you know, we're kind of overrating this draft class and, you know, teams aren't really looking at it as that strong of one. And then how is that going to affect uh, how these things play out?
1: Yeah, you, I think you see it not so much in the market where the number has moved from two and a half to three and a half quarterbacks for round one uh, and most sports books, but you do see it reflected in a lot of the sharper mock drafts, Uh, you know, seven to 10 days ago it wasn't uncommon to see a quarterback mocked to uh, the Panthers at number six. And in the super majority of recent sharp mocks, now it's an offensive tackle. Uh, And so in many of them, you are not seeing a quarterback go in the top 10, which is like, one of the most damning things that the NFL could say about a quarterback class, not taking one in the top 10, like the last time that happened, that was the EJ manual year, like 2013. And he was the only quarterback to go in round one, even though a lot of people thought Geno Smith would go in round one. This is a bad class. Like I will just flat out say it. Uh, I like, I think within NFL history, it's not a good class, but especially looking at this class compared to recent history, it's not a good class. We had five quarterbacks go off the board in round one last year. I think all five of those guys would be ahead of Malik Willis this year, who I have as the number one quarterback. And just a few years before that, we had five quarterbacks go in the Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson draft in round one. You just look at this class compared to some of the other classes we've recently seen it just does not stack up at all and that doesn't mean that we won't see one of these guys become a legitimate NFL starter maybe a superstar you know Malik Willis does have a lot of intriguing attributes Kenny Pickett I think has a fairly high floor like he might be the most NFL ready of the quarterbacks in this class but overall it is an underwhelming class it would not surprise me if the first quarterback we see actually is going to the Steelers at number 20. So I'm, I'm totally hands-off on the quarterbacks. I'm looking to fade them uh, at their current numbers. The number three and a half, I am well under that. Uh, you know, three is what you generally see is the consensus in mock drafts. I am strongly considering having
0: only two in my final mock draft. I love that because I was just about to mention that you know where I was where I was looking to bet these things was yeah you can get the under three and a half uh, a little bit juiced up but if you're looking to get better odds you can actually bet under two and a half and uh, you can get about plus one ninety uh, yeah. which I think is long enough and you actually had a, a tweet out uh, and you published it in your mock draft as well but you know when quarterbacks. When when no quarterbacks go in the top five, it's happened, I believe, 11 times since 1980. Uh, There's never been more than two to go in the first round. Because that's kind of how the it kind of shows you how these teams have these quarterbacks rated overall. And I think it only increases those odds because unexpectedly, we still have these quarterbacks kind of lingering in no man's land, like Jimmy G and and Baker Mayfield. And like, so the quarterback market, like, there's just, there doesn't seem to be any urgency. Uh, this year when you take those two things in mind. So uh, I'm on the same page with you. Uh, you mentioned you, you're you fading the unders. You go, you're going, I mean, with the over technically. Yeah. Um, yep. Or from Malik Willis. So he's around 13 and a half and, and then Pickett's around 16 and a half. And the, pit, the Steelers are picking, uh, what is it, 20 so.
1: I got those at, at far better numbers, but I would still bet those. I think mm-hmm. there's still plenty of value in those numbers based on the sentiment of the mocks that I'm looking at and, and based on just, You know, kind of what you are reading from uh, NFL insiders. This
0: this just very much seems to be a down year for quarterbacks. Any thoughts on Willis to the Steelers at plus three hundred? You know that is that is that kind of maybe twenty five percent? Is that kind of where you peg it, or do you think it's a little bit higher than that?
1: If Willis is three to one, yes, I am betting that.
0: There you go. Absolutely, like that one too. Yeah. Any thoughts on if there was to be a third guy taken real quick, you know, is it Ritter for you? Is it, you know, who is that? Who would be that third guy?
1: Okay. So this is where we start to get into sort of like reading of the tea leaves. And I have conflicting signals on this. I, you know, just based on mock drafts, I would say it's Ritter. Like pretty strongly, I would go with Ritter. Um, And I think that, uh You know, you've you've also gotten some like very good buzz on him, you know, like people, you know, like Todd McShay, different people like that talking about how he's moving up uh, draft boards for different organizations. The thing is, I don't think he was invited to the draft, you know, like Pickett isn't going, but his agent was sure, like immediately to put out a statement saying he chose not to go right? There was like a puff piece about how he would rather be at home with his family. Nothing like that for Desmond Ritter. I don't think Ritter was invited to the draft. And if a quarterback is not invited to day one of the draft, like that is a, that is a bad sign. Like it is unlikely that he goes on day one if he hasn't been invited. And Matt Corral was invited to the draft. Now there are, you know, issues with Corral in terms of, you know, off the field maturity. That's something that, you know, you've heard about from different talking heads in the media. And then also he's just a smaller guy. And so that is something that could also keep him out of round one, just because uh, Corral is there in person doesn't mean he actually goes on day one of the draft. Like we have seen quarterbacks fall out of day one, uh, even though they're there in person. So if I have to choose one of them, like the numbers point me towards Ritter but I'm just – I'm skeptical that he actually would be
0: the guy. All right, let's jump over from quarterback uh, to receiver because I think this, you know, kind of continuing our conversation of just going down the board. Yeah, I think once you get to the Falcons at number eight, um, that's really when this, this this first receiver comes into play. Uh, do you have the Falcons going wide receiver at number eight? Um, they their roster. I mean, they they could go a lot of ways, but I mean, wow, their wide receiver roster depth chart is just yuck. Um, so yeah, what are the what are the Falcons doing?
1: Yeah, it's it's horrible. I do have them going wide receiver, and I have Garrett Wilson as the number one receiver on my board. Uh and you know, in part that's because of what you see in the betting market. Part of that is because it's reflected in the mock drafts, and part of it is just because uh I, I mean, I really do have him as the number one wide receiver. Um, you know, he's, he's very clean. Uh, he's young. He's an early declare. Uh, he's got great speed. Like, there are a lot of things to like about him. He was a, a four, four and a half, five-star recruit entering uh, college. So I can see why he would be the number one wide receiver drafted. Now, if it is Drake London, that wouldn't be a surprise you know, he's, he's got like the size that a lot of teams seem to covet. Uh, And then Jamison Williams, it it wouldn't be a surprise either. If not for the ACL, he would be the number one guy on my board. Uh, And, you know, there are reports that he's uh, rehabbing very well, potentially could be ready for the start of the season. Uh, And as you see reports like that, he moves up the betting market. So, I, I am interested in those two guys, but right now Garrett Wilson
0: is the number one wide receiver, uh, I think in the NFL draft. Yeah. It seems like there's a pretty clear kind of hierarchy, at least at this point where it's, it's like Wilson Williams and London in that, in that first tier. And then it's like Olave, Traylon Burks uh, in that second tier. And then you start um, branching out. Um, how are you kind of attacking the betting market at, at wide receiver, given, you know, how, how you're marketing and where, and where you think these guys are going to go?
1: So the number right now for uh, wide receivers going in round one, I believe that is six and a half yes. at, at most books uh, at one point earlier in the process, it was five and a half, which was just like hammer, hammer the over, absolutely hammer the over at six and a half. Uh, like, I think it's more reasonable. Like that is probably the right number. Uh, and so I'm not going to be betting the uh, the total there for wide receivers. Um, but I do feel pretty strong that we see six. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I don't really have a lean on any of the over unders the draft position over unders for the, a lot of the players, because like that has been the market that people have been most invested in. Actually, I will say there is one, uh, it's further down the board feel very strongly. We see five uh and the five that we see like you mentioned them that's clear but the sixth wide receiver could be like one of four different guys there could we could even see seven and it's still just two of those four guys so you know Jahan Dotson Christian Watson maybe Sky Moore George Pickens has gotten a lot of steam recently uh but i like some of the unders for those guys like Jahan Dotson um, you know, 32 and a half, 33 and a half, depending on the number that you see out there at the book. Um, he's someone I would think about taking the over for. Um, because, uh, did, was I saying unders or overs before you saying
0: oh, so under means like they will earlier, yes. over yes. means they'll go yes. later. Did you want to yeah. point that everyone out? Yeah. It does get confusing, yeah.
1: I would be looking at some of the overs for those guys. So, Jahan Dotson is someone. Like, I think he's on that round one, round two borderline. And I was able to get him earlier at 32 and a half at plus odds on the over. Uh, So someone, one of these wide receivers is going to go in round one. But I think it's hard to say exactly which one it is. And if you can find reasonable numbers on some of those guys, I would be looking at overs.
0: Yeah, I think one of them, you know, Uh, You know, we going back to Wilson and and Williams, I I think because of the injury to Williams, I think Wilson is that clear kind of, you know, choice. Uh, London, maybe he goes over Williams as well. I think he's less of a threat to Wilson. So I don't know. I kind of like Wilson over Williams at at minus 140. Uh, I think I don't I just don't think a team will take Williams given the injury number one anymore. So, you know, I'm pretty comfortable with that. But uh, any thoughts on that one?
1: Yeah. So minus one forty. That. Uh, what are the implied odds there? That's it's like about, it's about like percent Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I. I think there's some pretty good value there. I think uh, Williams is going ahead of Wilson in maybe twenty-five percent of sharp mocks. Yeah. So I. I think there's significant value at that number. All
0: right. Uh. What about the you know going down the board a little more the rest of round one. I know that's really, you know, as you're mocking, that's really what you're focused on. You're you're trying to nail as many of the players that are going to land in round one mm-hmm. uh, as possible. And that it really starts to open up in terms of, you know, the, the, the range of outcomes once you get outside that those top 10 picks and, and down to that, you know, lower two thirds of the draft. So um, what are some of your kind of takes that maybe don't Uh, quite agree with the market in terms of how the the rest of this thing is going to play out.
1: One guy who stands out to me is Tyler Linderbaum, who I think is one of the most talented players overall in this class. If you're just kind of looking at raw ability, arguably top five, you know, like I think in terms of talent, he should go in the first round, but he's got the smaller arms, uh, the shorter arms. He is a little undersized. So it means that he's kind of a center only. He probably can't play guard. And there aren't all that many teams. His number is 27 and a half. There aren't all that many teams in the top 27 that really need a center. And so even though he is a first round talent, I could see him falling out of the first round. Uh, And even if he doesn't, Even if he goes at the bottom of round one, Cincinnati at 31, like that would be a very clean landing spot. And when he is mocked in round one, that is like almost certainly where you see him. Um, But in 88% of the sharp mocks that I've indexed, he's going over 27 and a half. And so, you know, Linderbaum, great player but he might fall out of round one. And I think there's a very, very good chance he hits the over on 27 and a half.
0: And now a word from our friends at HIMSS. When it comes to sports betting, there's no shortage of problems to talk about, but there's definitely one problem guys never want to discuss. Erectile dysfunction. ED impacts about 30 million American men. 30 million. And still, most guys would rather make bullshit excuses or just ignore the issue altogether instead of turning to experts for a solution. You listen to this show because you're looking for some good advice. Well, here's some. Check out HIMSS and discover a pill worth celebrating because thanks to science, erectile dysfunction can be optional. Their website, forhims.com is a great resource for hair loss, skin care, and erectile dysfunction solutions for men. They connect you with licensed medical providers who can provide FDA-approved erectile dysfunction treatments entirely online. They are the same medications you get from your doctor, but with no appointments, no face-to-face visits, and no co-pays. You just answer a few questions, and products are shipped directly to you. Try hymns today by starting out with a free online visit. Go to forhims.com slash action network. That's F O R H I M S dot com slash action network. Prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. This could cost hundreds if you went in person to the doctor's office or pharmacy. Restrictions do apply. See website for full details and safety information. And remember, that's forhims.com slash action network. All right, now back to the show. We talked about quarterbacks, we talked about wide receivers. So, you know, I know, you know, fantasy is also a, a big kind of thing that we do. So I wanted to talk about the other two skill positions. Let's start on running back because, you know, nowadays, these teams, they're a little bit smarter. You know, they're not really looking to draft these backs with, with high draft capital. The team I keep hearing that may be in the market for a running back in the first round is the Buffalo Bills. I'm not really buying it. I, I still think they would rather go with a cornerback. Um, but what are your thoughts on, number one, if the Bills are w- would be a team to actually do that? And number two, just on this running back class in general, is there anyone that's going to go in the first round? Are you Brees Hall over Kenneth Walker? Give me your thoughts on, on just this running back class.
1: Yeah, a bet that I really do like is under 0.5 running backs in round one. And, you know, the number that I first grabbed on that, I think, was minus 170. I think you can still get that around minus 200. I, I, as Ray would say, bet it to oblivion. Like, it just, or bet it <laughs> to juice. infinity. Any yeah, juice. Any juice. It, it, does, it does not matter. Uh, and I like, you know, the football gods bless Daniel Jeremiah. You know, because he's the one who really got this started and it created value for people who want to bet the under. And that's not to like mock Daniel Jeremiah or anything like who is an insider. Like he does uh, offer, I think, great analysis, great context around what teams are thinking for the draft. And so I don't question that the Buffalo Bills have an actual interest in Brees Hall. Like I'm sure they do. He would be a great player within their system. I just don't think they're going to draft him in round one. Uh, But, you know, in his second mock, he put Brees Hall going to the Buffalo Bills in round one and people see that and then they bet it and it creates value for the people who want to bet against it. I think that there is a 15 percent chance or so that we see a a running back in round one. Uh, And if it happens, it's almost certainly Brees Hall. Uh, I don't think it it would be Kenneth Walker. Uh, Hall is, I think, the more well-rounded player. He's got that three down skill set. Walker might be the better pure runner, uh, you know, in sort of like that Nick Chubb mold. But I don't think that's going to get him drafted ahead of Brees Hall. But either way, I don't think either of those guys goes in round one.
0: Yeah, I, I, I love that pick. You know, you can get it about minus 200 uh, under a half of running back drafted in round one. And, uh, you know, looking at uh, NFL mock draft database you, you kind of mentioned that 15% number, 15%, 15.4% to be exact. Yeah. Uh, is Brees Hall's likelihood uh, based on the amount of, you know, the, the mocks that they have in their database of him going in round one, Kenneth Walker, the third, seven and a half percent. So, you know, even if you add those together, you're still at, you know, under 25%. So I think there's a lot of value at that minus 200 number, as you mentioned. And then even just reading tea leaves of the market, uh, looking at the Bills' odds for first position drafted, it's defensive back first at plus 150 and running back at plus 350. So, like, if the Bills aren't doing it, I, I really don't see another team that's a serious threat just based on team needs and just kind of rank, you know, big board rankings of where the, this running back would, would come from.
1: Yeah. Look, you said plus 150 for defensive back. Yes. Uh, I, I think there's great value on that. I would bet that. I would bet that because uh, what you see in over half of the drafts out there, the sharp uh, mocks out there, going cornerback and, and then safety uh, on top of that is also added in, and you see them going safety in uh, like sixteen percent of the the sharp mocks out there. So I I think there's pretty good value there. Uh, I would I would bet that plus one fifty. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I mean, plus, you know, they're probably still traumatized from what happened in the playoffs. It's like they didn't need a running, like you know, the running back didn't lose them the game, you know, against the Chiefs. Right. So yeah, uh,
1: yeah. I, I mean, uh, Levi Wallace is gone. Um, uh, Tre'Davious White has the torn ACL. Like they, they need, they need another body in that secondary.
0: Yeah, and they're the favorite in the AFC, but. I mean, the AFC is an arms race right now in terms of all these, you know, wide receivers going over there and quarterbacks. So, yeah, it would be hard to uh, uh, it it would be hard to imagine they don't address that that defensive backfield, particularly cornerback. Yeah. Uh, And then tight ends. I mean, is this (laughs) so they, they the books actually posted a number for first round tight ends and. It's funny because talking about bet something to any juice, it's actually minus 760 right now. And there's probably still value on that. Yeah. Like, because I mean, you know, it seems like Trey, is it Trey McBride for you? Um, is number one. And you don't have him going anywhere near round one. If I was, (laughs) no, I I
1: have him near the end of round two. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at the tight end class, like it just sort of draw, and we talked about running back before this, those two positions drive home the difference between this year's class. In last year's class, uh, I mean, last year we had Kyle Pitts, like greatest tight end prospect of all time, going number four. This year, we probably, I mean, almost certainly, and I'm with you, minus 760, whatever, make it minus 1, 000, minus a 1,000, minus 2,000. It doesn't matter. I would probably bet it that we do not have a tight end in round one. Last year, we had two running backs in round one. You know, Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. This year, almost certainly, we don't get a running back in round one. There's just a difference in the quality of the prospects in the two classes. And then that is translating into the excitement that a lot of people have or don't have about this year's draft. And I think that in turn is tying into, or maybe it's correlated with what we're seeing in the prop market. Like there isn't as much action on props this year as we saw last year. Uh, And some of that is because the books didn't put out as many props early in the process uh, relative to last year because they got killed (laughs) on the NFL draft last year, right? And so I think part of it is protection. They don't want to put as many props out, but part of it is just like, there's not as much interest in the draft. Like last year, we had six weeks nonstop of who's going number three, you know, uh, and, you know, Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts, like we don't have anything like that this year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It is. It's a little bit of a wet down draft, uh, but we'll still be betting it. At least we will. Well, I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, Maybe we're they're... betting
1: it, but yeah. <laughs> right.
0: um, OK, so we kind of went through everything. Uh, is there anything else, you know, that you wanted to kind of mention before, you know, before we get out of here in terms of bets or just kind of takes you have on, on a first round or anything like that?
1: Yeah, so uh, I've recently published a, a five best bets. One of them, Tyler Linderbaum, over 27 and a half. I mentioned that. Uh, Kenny Pickett, uh, the number that I bet was 12 and a half. I think you said it moved up to 16 and a half. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Still, I would still bet it at 16 and a half. Uh, three of the other bets that I really do like. Sky Moore, one of the wide receivers I mentioned earlier, I would bet over 35 and a half. Uh, and this number was at DraftKings, uh, I love more. Like, he's a really intriguing player, but his expected draft position at grinding the mocks is 46.2. Uh, he's 49 in the NFL Mock Draft Database consensus big board. Uh, I mean, he's got a slight chance of sneaking into round one, but it is very slight. And, and for a guy who has almost no real round one hype, to have to get into the top three of round two, like that's just too much. So I see pretty significant value of the over 35 and a half. Raybon, I don't know if you have thoughts on Sky more as a prospect and then that number of 35 and a half. Yeah, I actually,
0: I'm kind of with you. Like I like more and it's just that when I start looking at the teams that would be drafted, because again, I still think that top five is pretty set in stone in, in some order. Um, so, I, you know, I think more, you know, starts coming into the in play at six. And I just look at the teams down there and I just don't see one that would want more over some of the other guys on the board. It just the fit, I don't think, you know, is there, you know, for him at, the, at those spots. So, like, I think Green Bay needs, you know, a bigger, more like an outside guy. I think Kansas City, I think, wants more of like a, you know, like a Dotson type of player. So I, it, that's kind of why I'm with you. I think that it's more likely that he goes somewhere, you know, in the 40s. Then climbs up in round one or you know goes, you know, in those first few picks of, of round 2
1: mm-hmm. And then another wide receiver I'm looking at John Mechie over 56 and a half. And uh, I bet this at Steezers at, at plus one ten. You know, Mechie has a 63 expected draft position at grinding the mocks. I have him going number 74 to the Falcons in my most recent mock. You know, he's coming off of that ACL injury. So he wasn't able to run at the combine. I, I think if he had been able to run. Maybe he'd be going in round one. You know, I, I think he would have blazed at, at the con, but uh, the ACL injury and then the fact that he was never the number one wide receiver at Alabama, like that is just something that it seems that, uh, you know, draft Knicks have held against him. Uh, and even though I don't think that's really reflective of the overall skill that he has, I do think that that will impact the evaluation of him and, uh, you know, as a result, impact where he goes in the draft. So I do like John Mechie over 56 and a half. So the last one, last one I have here, Quay Walker over 38 and a half. Off-ball linebacker, it's just not a priority for most teams picking in the top eight of round two. And, you know, Walker is number 41 in my most recent mock draft, 42.6, grinding the mocks. 52 on uh, Arif Hassan's consensus big board uh, and 56 on the NFL uh, mock draft database consensus big board. So I think there's some value here. Um, you know, at, when day two starts, it's possible that we still see Nakobi Dean on the board uh, along with Quay Walker. And so Dean potentially could go ahead of Walker and push him down the board a little bit. So over 38 and a half is a number that I think offers value.
0: Yeah, that does seem like 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 some great value. Well, all right, man. That uh that was great. Matthew, uh, thanks for joining me. Uh it's good to uh good to get back to it and talk some football with you. Um, be sure to let us know where you're at, where people can find you and when that uh when that final mock's coming out.
1: Yeah. So you can follow me on Twitter at Matt F the Oracle. I mean, obviously a a great Twitter handle if ever there was one. (laughs) Uh, I said that ironically, of course, uh, you can find all of my work at fantasy pros and betting pros. So at fantasy pros, I will have my, uh, final NFL mock on Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon, just depending on how detailed I want the write-up to be Uh, And then my entire betting card you can find at Betting Pros. Uh, And then we will be doing a live stream during the draft. Uh,
0: So be sure to check that out. There you go. And uh, be sure to check out actionnetwork.com for all of our draft content. Download the award-winning Action Network app. Uh, And just a reminder, our usual UFC betting preview will be out this Friday. We'll have Kentucky Derby betting episodes next week on the channel. And for anyone betting baseball this season, remember to check out Payoff Pitch, our new MLB betting podcast, available wherever you like to listen. Be sure to leave us a five star on Apple or Spotify if you enjoyed the show. You can follow me at Chris Raybun on Twitter and in the app. Until next time, let's get this money.